Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this Inc. Insights HCI podcast episode, I explore the recent Inc. video, Steve Jobs, Five Principles for Success. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In today's HCI podcast episode, we're starting a new Inc. Insights series where I'll explore recent Inc. videos. Today, I'll be looking at the recent Inc. video, Steve Jobs, My Five Principles for Success. Steve Jobs was one of the most innovative leaders of our time, creating iconic companies like Apple, Pixar, and Next. I'll be exploring what he identified as the five key principles of his success and success for other leaders. And I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. Steve Jobs was one of the most innovative leaders of our time. The genius entrepreneur followed these five principles as a path to success. One, follow your passions. Do what you love is a line Steve Jobs delivered in his famous Stanford commencement speech. In a public appearance alongside Bill Gates, Jobs explained the role passion played in driving his success. People say you need to have a lot of passion for what you're doing, and it's totally true, Jobs said. The reason is because it's so hard that if you don't have it, any rational person would give up. Do what you love. Do something that you're passionate about. Now, I know this sounds very cliche and also not always particularly realistic. The reality is that we all have to do work that we don't always love. We can't always do the types of things that just get us super excited and get us hopping up out of bed, racing off to work every morning. There are going to be times where we're doing drudgery work, where we're doing the type of stuff nobody else wants to do. It's the nature of work that sometimes we get to do really cool, fun stuff that excites us, and at other times we have to do more mundane things. So I don't think Jobs is suggesting that we only do work that is always going to be exciting. And in fact, that's not sustainable to be working at a passion level and a high energy level all the time. We, we simply can't do it. And it, it will lead to burnout if, if that's what we're trying to accomplish. But if we recognize the importance of having passion and a balance in the type of work that we're doing, then I think we can accomplish what Jobs is talking about. I know that some of the things that I do, I really love doing, and I get excited about it. And even if I don't feel like doing something on a particular day because I'm feeling a little bit lazy, I know it's meaningful. I know it's impactful. I have passion for the topic. I know I'll be able to help people through what I'm doing. And so I, so I get up and I do it. But that doesn't mean there aren't 
technical things I need to do or more mundane types of things that I need to do to see my idea through to implementation or so that I can actually have the impact that I'm looking for. That's just the nature of it. But if I'm doing something that I hate each and every day, I think everyone understands how clearly that's not going to drive sustainable effort over time. Uh, I, I made a decision early on in my career to switch my focus from something I was quite good at, but something I, I honestly couldn't see myself doing for the rest of my career. And as a result, I made a pretty huge shift, a gigantic pivot, uh, and ultimately towards something that I could see myself having more sustained passion around. And that has been one of the best decisions I ever made. And it certainly has driven a lot of the successes that I've seen uh, throughout my adult life and throughout my career. So let's not be quick to throw this one away, even though I know a lot of people think that it's kind of fluffy and it's cliche. We can find balance and we can do something that we're passionate about and something that we love. Two, simplify everything. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, Jobs once said. Jobs strive to build simplicity into everything from design to strategy. When Jobs returned to Apple in 1997 after being fired 12 years earlier, his first initiative was to slash the number of product offerings by 70%. He wanted Apple's engineers to focus on the 30% that was left, or what Jobs called the gems. Simplifying everything. It's a pretty simple concept. And as someone who strives for minimalism in my life as a general principle and rule, this one really resonates with me. Simplifying everything doesn't mean watering things down. It doesn't mean uh, not working hard to be thorough in your industry and, and providing meaningful products and services uh, that people will value. It, it, it actually quite the opposite. Uh, focusing on more specific elements and simplifying actually can drive greater market success because you're focusing in on those elements that you're really good at, that, that have the most promise. And so often we find ourselves spinning our wheels around this huge catalog of offerings that ultimately we, we just cannot see through. We just don't have all of the resources uh, to put the attention towards each of those elements. And so what Jobs did in, in greatly reducing Apple's uh, product line and focusing in on what their hidden gems were, what they were really doing well, it, it makes a lot of sense. Now, does that mean you have to take a look at your organization or your unit that you lead and try to find ways to cut out 70% of what you're currently doing? No, not necessarily. But you do need to be asking yourself, why are we doing what we're doing? Does it make sense to continue doing everything that we're currently doing? And most of the time, the answer is no. Most of the time, we can simplify. Uh, we can refocus our efforts. Focusing our efforts doesn't happen when we have a hundred different things happening. That's not focus. That's a shotgun approach. But we can focus our efforts on those things that really have high potential. We can fall forward and fail fast and experiment. And when things aren't working out, we don't just keep doing them just because we're doing them or because we're afraid of hurting someone's feelings who has put a lot of work into it, but rather we pivot and we focus on those things that have the greatest potential. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership. 
the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Three, unleash your creativity. Jobs once said that the secret to creativity comes down to trying to expose yourself to the best things that humans have done and then try to bring those things into what you're doing. For example, Jobs roamed the kitchen appliance aisles to get ideas for the Apple II. Jobs studied the Ritz-Carlton before opening the first Apple store. Creativity doesn't just happen. Expose yourself to ideas outside of the field you're working in. Now, many people believe that they're not creative. They think that some people are inherently born creative and have that creative element to them and, and others just don't. What we know from the science is that that's not actually true, that anyone can be creative. It's about the environment we're in and how we work at the creativity. So the examples that were briefly shared about jobs going and observing other areas that were completely disconnected from his industry and from from Apple. Uh, he did that to get ideas. So in some cases, he's coming up with new, really creative, innovative ways of thinking about Apple and technology and his product line. But in other ways, he's just gleaning the best ideas from other areas. And so when we create an environment in which we have broad exposure to a variety of viewpoints, a variety of different inputs, uh, and we're constantly exploring and questioning, looking for these um, ideas everywhere that we are, then we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to come up with the, the next Nobel Prize winning idea. We just need to simply curate knowledge and curate um, the creative things that are happening out there already and start to integrate them and synthesize them into something that will help our business. Much of innovation and creativity is simply being able to see the connections others don't see. Four, create insanely great customer experiences. Jobs believed that the key to the Apple Store's success was its people. Apple hires for personality. They can teach anyone to sell an iPad. They can't teach friendliness. Hire for personality and culture fit first. Customer experience is about being customer-centric, and it's about being employee-centric because it's the employees in your organization that are going to drive customer experience. When you value your people and when you invest in them and when you hire according to culture fit and according to who's going to be able to provide the best customer experience, 
then lo and behold, customer experience goes up. And there's so much research to show that when your employees are more motivated, more engaged, and more satisfied with their work, when they find meaning in what they do, that the experience of customers and customer loyalty and customer commitment to your brand, that it all goes up. So if we want to create an amazing customer experience, we need to value our people and we need to have a people-centric organization. Five, become the storyteller in chief. Steve Jobs delivered theatrical presentations before PowerPoint or Keynote were invented. In the 1984 launch of the first Macintosh, he painted a picture of a villain, a struggle, and a hero. With a magician's flourish, he even pulled the computer out of a black canvas bag sitting on a table in the middle of a darkened stage. Jobs turned product launches into performances. Don't introduce products, tell a story. Learning how to tell a compelling story is always a great leadership tip. As leaders, we have to sell, and we may not be selling products to customers, but we're selling ideas and we're selling vision and strategy to our people. And so in order to do that, we need to be able to tell a compelling story. Now that story needs to be data-driven. I mean, it needs to be connected back to metrics and data and reality, but we have an opportunity to translate that data. We have an opportunity to translate the analytics and metrics that we have at our fingertips and tell a compelling narrative around that data that then can help drive commitment towards the vision or the strategy or the purpose that we're defining for our people and helping them to have a clear understanding of what they need to be doing moving forward, setting clear expectations and helping them know how they can leverage the company's story to better the lives of their people and the customers that they serve. I appreciate you joining me for this Inc. Insight episode. And as always, I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you have a great week. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. 
we publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.